Welcome back to Love Under Lockdown, a podcast that follows four couples as they navigate living together and apart during quarantine. I'm Pallavi Kutamasu. This is week four. On March 27th, the U.S. government enacted a $2 trillion stimulus package to send most American taxpayers a check for $1,200, a one-time payment meant to help with the financial fallout of the pandemic. Whitney and Sari haven't seen a dime, and it's been over a month since the announcement was made. Will I be collecting a stimulus check? I fucking hope so. If it'll ever get here... I've yet to see any of my stimulus money. Although Whitney and Sari have only been dating for a few months, they decided to quarantine together. After all, how long could it possibly be? But then, Whitney got sick. Now, they're navigating living together and paying rent. I mean, God, every other country is like, okay, we're going to give you $2,000 a month every single month on the first. And it's been like, what, six weeks, eight weeks, and... This one-time $1,200 payment has yet to drop. But yes, I mean, I would really love it. I really am short on funds right now. I applied for pandemic unemployment relief last week, which in California will give you about $700 a week if you are a small business owner, if you are self-employed. So just waiting to get approved for that. But who knows how long that's going to take to start paying out. So in the interim, I've just been scrounging up money where I can. I like sold an old camera lens. I'm like going through my house like, okay, what can I get rid of that's actually like holds some monetary value right now? I am struggling and fighting with my landlord right now to try to reduce my rent. And he came back at me with The most ludicrous, he was like, well, I can reduce your rent by 30% for three months and then you can just owe me everything on August 1st. And I'd like you to sign a contract as to saying such. Like, absolutely the fuck not. You want me to sign a contract that in three months, I'll be able to pay you back basically what is an extra full month's rent? Like, you're not even going to give me the opportunity to pay that out over six months or something. It's just, it's like the Wild West out here. And I I don't know. I've been crying a lot today. It's just one of those days, you know? Money is a concern for all our couples. Edwin in particular has been out of work for more than a month now. He and his girlfriend Kelsey have to support not just each other, but their three-year-old son. All right, quarantine journal. Let's see what we got. Did you receive a stimulus check or do you plan on receiving one? I did receive one and it helped out a lot, honestly. You know, for the rent, mostly. That's what most of the stimulus is going for anyways. But it's not enough. And now Edwin is picking up odd jobs wherever he can. I am doing a little bit of side work. been working on this website for a vape shop in Glendale, so... It helps out a little bit as well on the financial side. 
Uh, it's sometimes do some entrepreneur kind of side hustles, like selling stuff on eBay. I can't really go out and buy the materials to package the items. So I'm a little bit stuck on that sense, but it's okay. As an employee, it sucks to be out of work, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to risk my health, you know, just for a couple of dollars. Like it's not worth it. My life is not worth $10 an hour. One, it's my life. Two, I have a family to protect, you know. That family includes Kelsey, Wolfgang, and Edwin's mother, Anna. She lives in the upstairs apartment and takes care of Wolfgang whenever Kelsey and Edwin are busy. She's been my mom and dad for so long that, you know, I just feel like she's my best friend, pretty much. Like, regardless of how I'm feeling, she already knows. <laughs> she has that kind of sixth sense as a mother. And I don't know, I've, makes me feel good to have somebody like that in my life. My dad, it's not around, but it's not really necessary. You know, as I've experienced, you know, my mom being my mom and dad, it's all I need, honestly. She has painted walls, like colorful walls. So if you look like, I guess, from like the villages or like the colonies from um, El Salvador, you see like those houses that have all different colors. Pretty much that's how she has the inside of her house. Kind of reminds her of home. And she tends to paint it different colors like every year. There was this one time that the kitchen was actually peach and like mango yellow. It felt warm every time you walk in. Most of the time my mom is cooking, mostly for him. And then she asks us if we want something, you know, but it's mostly her cooking for him. He's getting treated like a king, to be honest. I'm jealous. A relationship with my mother-in-law is great. I actually have a better relationship with her than my mom. I see her as my own mom. I guess I can say that she was the mother I never had, really. But she's, she's great to me and to my son. I love her. Kelsey's been thinking about her mother as well. And the pandemic has given her new perspective into what she wants to do with her life. My relationship with my mom, it's not really, well, I wouldn't say like not really good, but it's just not that typical mother-daughter relationship that you usually see, which is what I'm fine with. We just didn't click. My great-grandma, she was my mom. She was my first mom and she was old. When I was growing up, you know, I, I've seen her fall down and I've seen her sick and it was hard seeing it like that. You know, she took care of me and I wanted to take care of her. And now I want to help other elders that are in need. And, you know, especially if they have no one to take care of them. And so my plan is become a nurse and I would apply to the nursing homes because I want to be with all those elderly. I just want to be there for them. I want to be their companion, you know? The situation has strengthened Kelsey's resolve. And now she's taking nursing classes online. But it's just like the thought of the studying and the, how long the processes it's horrible to think about but you know it'll be all worth it at the end for the past couple of weeks jess has been working in the er with coronavirus patients forcing her to isolate from her fiance fred and their 19 month old son she recently took an antibody test hoping that perhaps she's asymptomatic and now immune to the virus we just don't know what antibodies do we don't know if it confers immunity to it we don't know if it means that you could still get it again, but you have a lesser form. We don't know if having it prior makes things worse. 
if you were to get it a second time. We don't know any of those things because this is such a new thing. But my thought process when talking out with Fred was that if I came back positive, that would at least say that I had it at some point, even though I was asymptomatic. And I could probably come home you know, a day or so after my last shift. And then they said that the results would take about 24 to 48 hours to come back. And so I was kind of waiting for my results up until yesterday afternoon. Fred can't wait for Jess to come home. She separated at such, you know, an early time to separate, you know, 19 months, 18 months, that's nothing. And then just to see him at this point where he's getting a personality. He is the single hand thing that's keeping me sane because even though he drives me crazy, the cuteness that he has, I mean, he's just so cute to me. I mean, you know, I don't know if I sound like a narcissist, but, you know, he looks like me, so I like him. He likes touching trees because, um, you know, I, I try to make it... Like, you know, trees, you know, help them out personally because they give them oxygen. So we need to save the trees. So he's literally a tree hugger. Like he tries to hug trees and, and you know, touch them. And uh, now he's starting to kiss them because he understands that kissing is affectionate, I guess. So now he's uh, trying to kiss trees. I'm just, you know, I'm a puddle right now. I just love for him. Every time I FaceTime with the Freds or kind of peek in and see the baby when he wakes up for a nap and see Big Fred there giving him a kiss and things like that, it really <laughs> makes me miss them uh, a lot. And it really makes me appreciate the person that I'm with, in all honesty. The situation, like, honestly, makes me love him more because I just see what an awesome, dedicated dad he's been through this whole thing and the way he's been very selfless and put the kid first. But it's not all fun and games. Fred the Fourth is teething. The tooth, oh my gosh, yes, the tooth has affected everything. You know, give him a towel, give him an ice cube, freeze this, freeze that, freeze a cherry, uh, vinegar, you know, all this home remedy stuff, but you know, I gotta deal with it regardless, so, yeah. While the Freds battle the tooth, Jess gets some disappointing news. So I actually woke up in a pretty shitty mood this morning. I got the antibody test back, and it actually was negative, which I expected was going to happen, but was still a little bit of a bummer because I think that just would have made everything easier. The ER volume is really picking up. I get an email from my department about covering some extra shifts in a higher-risk coronavirus zone, and I'm now, at this point, you know, less than two weeks out from seeing my family, and so I'm at the point where if I do contract this at any point, it will delay me getting back to my family. And so I was just in a really kind of pissed-off mood when I woke up because I knew this was going to happen. And it's unfortunately one of those, like, no good deed goes unpunished kind of situations. It was just not what I wanted to wake up to this morning. I do have 
several friends that have kids, although most of them are people from the hospital that are still actively working. And it's been interesting because a lot of them are in like two healthcare worker families. And so they haven't been able to do what we've been doing and they don't have family close by. And so they've been like, we just have to work this out and be extra careful and continue coming home to our child and hope that our child doesn't get infected. And actually one of my friends, her child had a fever last week and she was really upset about it. She was like, what if this is coronavirus? I can't believe that I put my family at risk like this. Like, you're very lucky that you're not with your family right now. And it just really puts everything into perspective that this is all, like, tough for everyone, no matter what they're doing, and there's no win situations. Fred did call me and tell me I needed to drive down the street, and I drove down our street. The neighbors had put signs up on every tree that said, like, thank you, Jess, and first responders and essential workers everywhere. And I, like, literally burst into tears. It was the sweetest thing ever. I took pictures of each and every sign, and I think Fred actually took one of the signs and put it in the backyard so I would have it for when I get back. After countless ups and downs, Whitney's condition finally stabilizes. I've been slowly getting over this and pretty lacking in symptoms, except for the fatigue. And I know that that just sounds like, oh, okay, so you're kind of tired, right? But it's like, I can't do anything. I am still sleeping, you know, 12 plus hours a day. I have like really intense brain fog. Like I forget the simplest things. I'm trying to remember now something that I've forgotten that was so simple, but I can't, <laughs> I can't. Um, maybe we asked Sari that one. Uh, he's just been making fun of me for my like Corona brain all the time because I just, I, I feel like so slow and short. I've also been like breaking a lot of stuff, like dropping things and like being really clumsy and like my hand-eye coordination is really bad. I don't know. I need to come to grips with the fact that I am still healing and that even though I'm not like hacking up a lung anymore, that doesn't mean that I'm fully better and I'm recovering and I need to be slower and have more patience. Now that Whitney's feeling better, her roommate Callie is moving back in. She's great. Very welcoming. Before I even came here, she was like, we want him in the bubble. It's cool. Come over, stay with us, live with us. You know, for me, it's brought some semblance of normalcy back to my life. Like, okay, now my living situation is kind of what it was before. I think Suri might feel a little bit more uncomfortable. You know, like it's less like he has free reign over the house like he did before. It's just little things where it's like, you have to like clean up after yourself faster and more diligently. And it's just like another layer of mindfulness. You know, we both have to wear pants all the time now. Our little like cocoon was gone because now someone else is there and like the walls are thin. We had the quietest sex ever because it was like, well, this is the first morning that she's back. This is not how we're welcoming her. No matter how much you're told, make yourself at home. We're all in this together. It's like, uh, there's still, there's a layer. There's something greater than zero that's there. That's like, this ain't your life. This ain't your home. As of a few days ago, I had woken up in a really weird funk. 
and I just I was like short-tempered and frustrated and kind of snappy and I had an interaction with Whitney that I think kind of like triggered a bunch of feelings that I hadn't necessarily processed yet I was feeling angst anger frustration and like no real source or indication of why that was and I think it was you know the past like four to six weeks I had just been focusing on taking care of Whitney and that was the only important thing I come to every day like hey I'm positive I'm grateful I have perspective for the position I'm in but also I've been away from my home for a long time I don't feel like I'm living my life I feel like I'm living my life as a guest in your life and I think that just kind of caught up to me just I was being such an asshole too I think the pinnacle of it was we were like deep cleaning the house in anticipation of her roommate coming home and she was like on her hands and knees in the kitchen scrubbing the tile the grout it was like a brand new floor and she was like look baby and i was just such an asshole just looked at it and i was like what what changed <laughs> i was like refused to acknowledge all this hard work i was just such a grump the night that i like broke down she made these like roasted garlic mashed potatoes and braised chicken thighs and legs and coconut milk that was delicious and it was such comfort food and like after like going through that all day and then talking through it and then like feeling better it was just like ah this is just what i needed she got me to open up and talk these things through and she was just amazing in terms of supporting me through this and understanding and helping me realize why I might be feeling like this immediately after talking with her. It was just like, wow, this pressure has been alleviated. These concerns still exist, but I feel so much better just having her there to confide in. The pandemic has brought clarity for many couples, but for Brandy and Mary, it's made them even more confused about their relationship. They'd broken up just before the pandemic hit and decided to remain living together for the duration of quarantine. I think when we first quarantined, first couple of weeks, um, she wouldn't come within 10 feet of me. She was really keeping her distance because she was um, really afraid. And, you know, I had been working in the office, so she kept her distance for a couple of weeks. And so um, I sort of took that to mean we're moving on. I don't know. And so I think that's where my thought process came from, where I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to decide to move on and move out. We're not getting back together. And I guess I sort of jumped to conclusions. Things are kind of getting back to more of a normal in our situation, our living situation, because I am sleeping in the bed again. And that just happened. And I only intended to do like a couple nights in the bed because, you know, I... I don't want to get confused about what this is. She would prefer that I sleep in the bed. And I'm like, but we're not together. So 
that doesn't really make sense. You know, I don't want to get attached if we're not. And, and then that sort of reignited more of a serious conversation about like, well, why don't we get back together? Like, why did we break up? For all intents and purposes, Mary is family. Mary is my best friend, my confidant, my consummate cheerleader. So this relationship with Mary is very important to me in whatever form it takes. So whether we get back together or we don't get back together, Mary is going to continue to be family. I was very resolved to move out and move on in August, and now I'm not so much. Not just because of our relationship, but because of everything that's going on, it just doesn't seem practical to move right now. I just don't really want to do that. You know, that crystal ball would really come in handy for this kind of thing. On our second to last episode of Love Under Lockdown, with Whitney finally recovering from the virus, her roommate moves back in, leaving Sari feeling like he's a guest in someone else's home. Kelsey and Edwin try not to let the stress of their confinement get to them in front of their young son. And Mary makes a decision that puts Brandy between a rock and a hard place. Love Under Lockdown was produced by me, Pallavi Kutamasu. Story editor is Brandon Phibbs. Executive producer is Emmy Norris. Associate producers are Molly O'Keefe and Brendan Galbraith. Audio engineer is Morgan Jaffe. Sound mixer is Tim Dornbush. Original music by Cedric Sentence. Love Under Lockdown was based on an idea by Jeanne Boazek. Thank you to the Paradiso team in France, Lorenzo Benedetti, Louis Debussy, and Benoit Deneg. Additional thanks to Michael Norris. And an extra special thanks to the couples who shared their stories with us, Whitney and Sari, Jess and Fred, Brandy and Mary, and Edwin and Kelsey. I hope you all are staying safe. My family's been constantly like checking in, how's she doing, how are you guys doing, do you need money, are you guys okay, do you have food, things like that. My dad's so funny, like classic brown dad, immigrant dad, he's like, <laughs> I'm talking to him yesterday on the phone and he's like, how's, um, how's, uh, how's Tiffany, uh, Wendy? <laughs> like, Whitney, Dad. Ah, wait, he's like, I can never remember. <laughs> no acknowledgement until you're married. <laughs> you know, he told his his parents about me after just a couple of months, and his sister was like, Ooh, he must really like you. <laughs> she texts with my sister all the time. They'll like watch Grey's Anatomy. We'll watch it and text each other during it, like live text. And that's actually been really, really fun. I love her. Plus, it's also nice to get a little dirt on him from her, you know? <laughs>